Hi guys. Hey, what's up? I'm Zoe. And I'm Nikki. And welcome back to Sidebar. We have um, oh. an episode for you today. An episode, yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that Nikki and I base our friendship off of is our first time trauma dumping together in Coffee Bean. On November 13th. Um, which was, I think, a, like a really big like step in a good direction in our friendship and just like seeing what type of people we actually are which is kind of crazy and now our friendship is based off of trauma dumping dark humor this and that like not only trauma dumping but trauma bonding right right I feel right like we've trauma gone bonding. through some traumatic things together to yeah. the point where we are bonded by them now but see that's just like, you know, something to bring us closer. And yeah. it might have been a shitty situation. 100%. But it, we got a good laugh at it afterwards. Yeah. Like, now I think it's ha-ha hilarious. Not oh, ha-ha nah. funny. <laughs> okay, that's what I was going to ask. Not ha-ha funny? Anyways. Yeah, whatever. Um, so we got some trauma dumping. We got bullying stories. We got... But we're not just going to share them for fun, you know? We're going to talk about how they came to shape us as who we are now. Whatever, yeah. Um, because in our episode seven, we talked a lot about what we learned throughout the early stages of our lives. Now we're going to kind of tell you why we had to learn those lessons. We kind of talked about the fact that we were going to be doing this on that podcast too, so. Yeah. Um, Here's the thing. I like don't, I'm not the biggest fan of talking about, about my feelings, but here we are doing like a Freaking third was this the fourth episode of feelings blah blah blah? I'm telling you, just put a microphone in front of her. It's crazy what she'll talk about. I think this is Nikki's ploy just to get me talking about my life. And yeah, just it's actually not can. going to any Spotify <laughs> listeners. It's just me listening. Oh my god. Anyways, just a joke, guys. Just joshing. I don't think she is. Anyways, <laughs> um, okay. Well, I think we should start off by talking about um the trauma that kind of brought us together friend trauma yeah friend trauma i think that was the biggest thing in both of our lives yeah um and that was like the first thing that we actually like talked about when we actually sat down and like hung out with each other but i mean to say the least we have gone through a shitty amount of friends and been through a lot um but i mean i don't know do you want to go first or do you want me to go first I, so here's the thing. We talked a lot about, like, friend trauma Mm -hmm. in our, we're not really strangers. Yeah. So I kind of just want to briefly talk about it. So I feel like a lot of the friend trauma that I went through was people ganging up on me Mm -hmm. and, like, bullying me and picking on me and things like that that caused, that, like, is why a lot of my friendships ended in the way that they did. Because, I mean, in high school and middle school, it was always, like, a group versus one person. Yeah. And that was something that was very, like, consistent. I felt like it happened with a lot of different friend groups that I was in. Yeah. Um, not to, like, call a lot of you guys out, but if you know us, you're probably going to know exactly who and what, like, situation I'm talking about. But um, I feel like that was, like, a big thing that we talked about was, like, friend trauma is not recognized enough in the same way that relationship trauma and family trauma yeah. is. And I feel like that's crazy. I know we also talked about that, so I don't yeah. really want to like go into that again. But the friendship speech therapy wasn't effective, guys. <laughs> no, the friendship. Really not. Tra- okay, well that's a little. Sorry. it's a little much. Okay, again, trying to be vulnerable. 
Whatever. Whatever, man. But yeah, the friendship. <laughs> friendship. <laughs> you got it. That um, trauma isn't recognized enough. Yeah. I mean, I feel like for me, it was a lot of feeling like I didn't belong in that group because they all had a lot of things that they had in common and I was always the one in a lot of my friendships that was kind of out of place and I think they were able to bond over a lot of that and I think that I tried my best to make myself feel like as included but it's hard when you don't necessarily have the same background or the same like situation yeah. as them and you can't relate and you try but like you can only like understand to some extent so i i feel like it was a lot of me feeling out of place in whatever friend group that i had because there was always something that made me feel like the odd one out and so i feel like that's where a lot of my shit like comes to play because like that's starting from like kindergarten I feel like that's honestly where a lot of my insecurities come from, too. Mm-hmm. Of, like, again, if you know me, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. And I love one of them very much, still. But, actually, two of them. A lot of my friends growing up were, like, very blonde. Very blue-eyed, blonde-haired. and Stereotypical. Like, stereotypical. Yeah. And, like, I know, if you're listening to this, you probably know who we are. But, like, that's just not who Zoe and I are. We're not, like, that's stereotypical. <laughs> We're brunette. We're brunette. <laughs> Asian Indian. That's what like, I'm saying. Like, we are not your typical, no. like, stereotype for what, like, the beauty yeah. standard is. And I feel like growing up and being in groups with, like, very beautiful blonde girls really affected how I viewed myself. Because I was like, oh, you know, I'm not a flat 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, I'm, I'm short, guys. I'm, like, 5 feet on a good day. <laughs> okay, you don't need to laugh at that. I said on a good day. No, because that's the first time that she's actually admitted, like, oh, I'm five foot on a good day. Homegirl's like four of them. Okay, no, but like for real, what is it to you to let me be in the fours? Sorry, sorry, sorry. What do you gain from me being in the fours? A good chuckle? <laughs> At my expense. Another thing for friend trauma. <laughs> but this is a good friend trauma. Yeah, whatever. Anyways, no, but, like, I understand that because, like, I mean, yes, I had, like, not stereotypical white, blonde, blue-eyed friends, but a lot of girls who were either the pretty type of Asian, like, the good mix between white and Asian, and the good, like, them having all the pretty features, like, freckles, or pretty eyes, or just, like, naturally, like, like a good tan skin to where it's like I don't even like bronzy not like red or full-on yellow like no but like no I'm not even joking because that was a lot of my friends they were stereotypical like pretty girls I had this friend and it was like me um and two other girls it was the four of us that were best friends we would do a lot of things together but obvious not obviously but like you could tell the difference between me and my other friend because we were darker, we were different. And then my other two friends, my other two friends who were prettier, who had like lighter brown hair, who had blonde hair, who was sun-kissed, who's this, who's that. When they would look bronze, we would be looking dark. And that, that's the genes that we got because we were Filipino 
and she was like Korean and like different Asians. And so like growing up, my mom was saying like, oh, I don't think that their friendship is going to last a long time because it's hard when there's two pretty girls in a friend group. And that was true because this bitch. Did I tell you this story? I think I did. But anyways, so I used to be friends with this girl. This is a part of my freaking trauma. And people just like, not ghosting me, but like to an extent ghosting me and just like cutting me out of their life for knowing me how long and just expecting that I was going to be doing this stuff. But there was this girl that I used to be friends with. She was telling me, oh, this person was like, um, this person heard that you called them a bitch, you called them this, you called them that. No, because I'm triggered by no because we talked about this before um just a backstory in our friend group it's kind of a thing to just say oh so and so called you bitch we'll use dane so like if i were to be trying to piss off dane or something i'd say um, so we called you a bitch no because like i think it's funny now but uh, like when it first started i thought it was a funny joke like i was like haha but then now that i think about it i'm like it's kind of triggering just a tad bit because i'm like i'm like I did not call her a bitch. Like, I didn't do that shit. But the crazy part was, is that I was defending this girl to my other friends because they're like, no, fuck her. She's rude. She's this. And I was like, why are you being mean to her? Like, you don't know her like that. And I'm like, I've known her since kindergarten. She's fine. Like, leave her alone. Because they were just talking mad shit. Comes to find out the bitch who I'm not friends with anymore that I cut off because she was fucking psycho they're besties so i'm like really think about who the fuck you're having your friendships with because i defended you to her and she doesn't even know that but i can tell you right now the bitch was the one who fucking told zoe called you a bitch i know that in my gut and i didn't ask her who told her that because i could tell you right now it was fucking her no because we literally lived through the same no we did like they i was like really good friends with both of them on their own and then um they got into like a huge fight i got put in the middle of it and so i kind of removed myself and i stuck with lexi Mm -hmm. and the two of them would just go out they were fighting over this one guy like blah 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 and it just got to this point where oh my god they're at each other's throat all the time Mm -hmm. and now post high school post whatever the fuck i miss my bestie so much i can't wait for her to come back no but see that's what trips me on that's why i don't trust a lot of people because i'm like if you're one so easy to turn on someone that's crazy i don't want you in my life like that Mm -hmm. two literally if you're just as quick to accept someone back knowing that they were talking their shit and that kind of shows what kind of person they are I don't want that back in my life either because if you're so willing to be able to talk your shit about me that quick after we've been friends for how long that's toxic i don't want you in my life because then that's just showing me that you're two-faced and a backstabbing bitch i'm not trying to deal with that no i'm being dead serious like am i wrong to that because that's exactly how i felt um i defended them multiple times to each other and when it came to my name being dragged through the mud nobody defended mine but that's what i'm saying i like in every single fucking friend group i've always felt like the odd one out yes these people say that they care but honestly do they really because i'm ride or die that's the type of friend that i am i'm ride or die that's why we work i know that's literally why this shit works out because we've been through the same like friendship because 
the thing with I feel like how we both kind of how our lives made our friends in like in our lives we've both kind of not had these experiences where we would meet a bunch of people because we didn't like community college commuter to state like we didn't have these experiences like all of our other high school friends did of meeting all these new best friends in their lives so I've honestly kept in touch with all of my high school friends so my mom always told me high school friends will always bring high school shit so the same friends that I have had since I was in like middle school elementary school when they stir shit up in my life and I tell my mom she's like I don't know what you expect because they did that shit to you freshman sophomore year they're gonna do it to you freshman year college they're gonna do it to you now like it's but it's inescapable and that's where I feel like you and I because we didn't go through those stages of our lives together it's just a different dynamic to where it doesn't feel like we're repeating things because well one we've also never had a fight to our to my knowledge I don't think we've had a fight there's been little we, we go to each other though every day but it's not that big all things. the time but yeah. it's not been like an actual fight to where it's like no. we cool off and we don't talk to each other for a couple days wait there has no there hasn't oh I, the thing with us we're like, living I, the same friendship what do you <laughs> no i know I'm, I'm a little absent sometimes um but like i'm telling you i don't think that we will get into like a major fight no, i know because like i think we're be reasonable and yes it's we good. take communication yes we do <laughs> but i think it's gonna be something small that like when we live together we're just gonna be seeing so much of each other yeah. that like we're gonna get on each other's no, because naturally i'm already i have boundaries set in my head if my doors close you do not enter and same for me so no because that's the thing like I think we know when it's, like, time to be, like, okay, someone, we're in a bad mood or something, or, like, we're, you could tell that we're more so not willing to, like, talk and stuff, and so I feel like that'll definitely show more when we're living together, and we'll be able to pick up stuff like that to where it's, like, okay, I'm not gonna, like, really talk about this, because this is not the right time, I'll save it for later, like, we even were thinking about having a system where we put whiteboards on the outsides of our doors so that we can write stuff down. No, that's just other. because Zoe like wants to keep track of my behavior. <laughs> no. Okay, but here's the thing. I will have <laughs> no a denial. behavior. No, okay, because I was telling Nikki that we're going to have like um, a sensory like <laughs> a sensory corner where there's a bunch of fidget toys, a bunch of the, like, you know, fun little things. Fidget toys? Yeah, fidget toys. We'll have, like, a little fun Nikki, corner. go to your corner. <laughs> no, because, like, if there's a day where I'm, like, totally Have a beanbag in the corner? Okay, well... What? A beanbag in the corner and just, like, block it off and have... Like, you know how in cl- classrooms they have a reading yeah. corner? Yeah, have it be like that. Not We're assuming your place is going to be big enough to have a corner. Hopefully. God, it doesn't... We don't have to even block it off. It, it could just, just literally be, be there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And when we say the corner, you know which corner. <laughs> Yeah, I'll know what corner. <laughs> but we totally went off topic. I know. I forgot what we were talking about. Um, um, Friends. But yeah, so I feel like friends shaped a lot of our friendship that we have. The friend trauma shaped a lot yeah. of the friendships that I think we, we just have, have a mutual understanding of what we kind of expect in a friendship and what, what like our boundaries are and all that. But I will say it has been like very, not hard, but like, 
different to kind of have to like relearn how to be a friend and I think that's something that I've been like not struggling with but like something that has been harder (laughs) to like actually do because it's like I would do things by myself 24-7 like once COVID hit and like the year after that I was mainly doing shit by myself because I was like I don't I literally don't have any friends and I was by myself 24-7 and I think the big jump from that is having to be able to like have the energy to like be surrounded by people a lot of the times and like I think that just is already harder for me because I already like (laughs) I'm not antisocial, but like you're a little bit more. I'm I'm introverted in comparison. You you have like I have a social battery, but we both do, and like it. I think for me, it's just like it drains really quickly. Well, I feel like my social battery will run out, but I you got the alcohol in you, so okay. Well, not just that. (laughs) Okay, but like I feel like I feed off of other people a lot because there's been a lot of times where especially when I'm done like working games or just Mm -hmm. doing stuff with work my social battery is done I've been dealing with people I've been dealing with kids like I've been doing whatever I was doing but then I'm just like I get to the environment that I feel like I'll actually be able to kind of let loose and have fun in and my social battery just like kind of gets back to where it was but if I didn't have people that excited me and made me want to be like present I would fucking be yeah a party pooper because I don't want to Half the time, I don't want to deal with people. Half the time, I don't even want to be where the fuck I'm at. But I'm like, I rally. You rally? I rally. And And that takes a lot. (laughs) No. To rally, it takes a lot. Rallying is something that I honestly have been struggling a lot with recently. Because not that I feel like... Okay, this is going to sound very like I have a superiority complex. And I don't want that to come off like this. But I feel like when it comes to some of this shit, like the... Okay, I love getting drunk, right? But... I've gotten to the point in my life where, like, I don't find the appeal of it anymore, <gasps> which is kind of crazy no. because, like, this is just, like, four or five days after I ate shit and tore up my knees. <laughs> Maybe that's part of this epiphany, but... Well, because here's the thing. I've been having that epiphany. I'm one drink and I'm done. Well, no, that's, like, what I'm saying is, well, I already know this is another trauma. This could be a segue to a whole another trauma, but I don't like losing control of myself. Mm-hmm. I need to be in control of my body and mm-hmm. in control of my... Sh- speech therapy man in control of my surroundings to where I can control like I can just I feel unsafe when I I do I feel very unsafe and that can I don't know the order that we're going to be posting this but if the bar horror stories is going to be before after this is going to be the last one that we post so it's gonna be the other two before okay um but yeah when I when I don't or when I have alcohol in me and I'm out like Going back to a lot of what happened when we've been out, like, I don't want that to happen, but... No. I feel like because... But even if we're drunk or sober, that stuff still is going to happen because it's not on us, it's on the other person. Yeah. So it's... That's hard to, like, be like... Yeah. But, um, I feel like when it comes to drinking, I'm at a point where I'd much rather be able to function tomorrow and not lose out on a whole day of the Good week. Good for you. 
Thank you. Honestly, I'm glad you're having this epiphany. That's crazy. <laughs> because, well, okay, the thing is, is that the Friday that I did drink a lot, I will mm-hmm. say, I, that was just a very good day for me. I got, like, one of my dream jobs. I got, like, a job with F1. We're and I got, like, I, we were celebrating that we night. We were, until... Until I ate, <laughs> ate shit, guys. I fell. <laughs> but, um... Like, I've gotten to just to this point where I feel like I'd much rather have a drink or two, get a little tipsy, and then just call it a night because I want to be able to be functional the next day. And I don't think that's, like, a superiority complex. I just know that I have shit to do. Yeah. And I, like, want to be able to function for my job tomorrow morning mm-hmm. or be able to do whatever I have to do because, I mean, we're 22 now. We're not, like, yeah, we're in college, but, like, we've never lived a true college life. No. Like, I don't feel like we ever had our partying days. Like, my partying days was literally with my... Um, bio cousin running around San Diego with our group of friends and just like fucking around everywhere. But like, see, that's what I'm saying. We have a good group of people and guys that I trust and like yeah. that we love to be around. And so I feel like that is like one of the bigger reasons why I'm like, I want to go out. I want to have fun. I'm in my partying phase like right now because like beforehand it wasn't like I was going crazy, but then now I'm able to go out and about with friends that I genuinely care about and I think that they genuinely care about us too like it's a different dynamic from what or where I was previously with my other friends yeah and so I just like it's more exciting I guess because it's like people who actually want me there yes and so I think that plays a big role into me wanting to be with them and hanging out with them No, I definitely get that. There was this one girl that I was friends with in a sophomore year of high school. I had to take a photography class. Mm -hmm. And this kind of goes back to like feeling like nobody actually wanted me there, but they just had me there for their own benefit. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to do a bunch of photography projects and I always used this girl for like my model just because she was in one of my classes and like I kind of knew her. I wouldn't invite her to like go we went to Del Mar one day we took a bunch of pictures she posted them all over her Instagram didn't tag me in anything I was, I was <gasps> fucking pissed off whatever but um all of that happened and then she invited me to a couple of things with like the friends I went to homecoming with this group like I did a lot with them and then the second my photography class ended that, that was the second like you we still had a full other class the rest of the school year she didn't talk to you? It's not that she didn't talk to me. Ignored she just didn't you? invite me out. She didn't uh, do anything. Like, it was literally, like, the second that I put the camera down and I couldn't actually give anything to her, she didn't want yeah. anything to do with me. And some of my friends who are still in my life that went through high school with me probably are going to get mad at me for saying this. But, like, I honestly felt like that with a lot of different friendships. Like, I could provide a certain energy for them or I could provide a certain, like, service, as stupid as that sounds for well, being a high school friendship. They can get upset all they want, but it's like it's how you viewed that and they yeah. might not have been thinking about that in the moment and that's how like you were in that position or that's how they viewed you as a friend but i just like i could tell you right now there's going to be a lot of people who don't think that they did anything wrong they're not going to see it from your perspective because yeah. i was quiet i didn't voice my fucking opinions and concerns and like be like, hey, you know what? I'm feeling like this right now because you're treat my, treating me like shit. But it's because I was clinging on to friendships and that was the only thing that I had going for me. And so I feel like that's what was like hard about that because it's like, of course you love them. You want what's best for them. And like I feel like 
I get invested in a lot of friendships, so sometimes it's, like, really hard to, like, walk away from, even though you know you're getting treated like shit. And so I think that's, like, a big issue, too. Yeah. But. No, like, being treated like shit in friendships definitely played into how I feel like I got treated in a lot of relationships mm -hmm. in my life, too. You welcome what you think you deserve. And, like, honestly. No, no, because. No, because <laughs> I have a. I have goes into my bullying story. <laughs> yeah, no, my ex, well, I'm not going to drop his full government name, but was like definitely an, an abusive piece of shit to me mm -hmm. for a good amount of time. And I put up with a lot of it because that's just kind of what I thought I was deserving of. I didn't mm -hmm. realize that I was actually worth more than that. And then it took yeah. like, okay, yeah, call me a whore, whatever. But it took me through going through a couple more guys and relationships to realize that's not actually, well, like, wow, I do deserve to be treated with, like, respect. And I mean, when someone drills that into your head, it's especially at a younger age, it's hard I to get rid 18, of that shit. I was 18, 19 when this But that's what I'm saying. On. That's like, young. I was in a very formative age. And yeah. I was, this was during COVID. Like, this was yeah. at a time when... You cling on to shit when I there's nothing else going on. I clung on to him. Yeah. I really did. And I let him like really take advantage of me and like my naiveness of being 18 19 like that's something I don't think I'll ever one let happen again but would ever like like I still get mad at myself for like allowing that to happen to me yeah but I definitely feel like how I let myself get treated in my friendships going through middle school and high school not yeah. to blame the people but it made me think I wasn't deserving of anything good yeah to the point where when I was faced with a relationship that was going really well at first and then it, like he flipped a switch overnight and started like doing shit to me that was like very painful it was like okay you know like I'll take it that's what I'm deserving of and you know what that kind of like goes into my bullying story but that is for part two of this episode so we'll catch you guys on the next one this is Zoe this is Nikki Follow our socials at sidebar, sidebar underscore, underscore pod? pod. I think so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, we're on Apple Music, Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Amazon Music. Music. And a brand new edition. Hi, Heart Radio. Hi, Heart Radio. Um, so, yeah, this is Zoe. This is Nikki. Signing out. A, a goodbye. goodbye.